0: I don't know if it was louder than normal, but I flinched when that modem noise came on and it caused the fucking cat to dig his claws in. I got to step away for a bit. I am actually bleeding right now. (laughs)
1: And welcome to episode number 87 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Monday, August 17th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the mayor assures us the rioting and looting and murdering is all being done in a very peaceful manner.
0: And from America's left coast, where the best show material is only on the live stream. I'm Ryan Bemrose. That's true. The live stream is important. You should be
1: here. noagendastream.com dot com on Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Bemrose for your live fix of Grumpy Old Bens. Because you never know. That's when the electricity is in the air, and that's when the magic is happening. And we appreciate everybody in the troll room, which is the chat room here. If you're not familiar with No Agenda vernacular during the show, to uh, comment along. Fact check us and basically tell us we're full of crap, but we like that. So come try. Well, you like that. Well, I like when they do it to you,
0: right? <laughs> uh, the it, technically, the electricity was in the air last night. Actually, we had real thunderstorms here, which is really uncommon. I'm not in the Midwest. I don't have thunderstorms every five minutes, so it's actually fascinating to me to hear the booming outside, and it also totally triggers my cats.
1: Well, no agenda thought it was a weather event that was maybe. Uh, created by man that they're working on this stuff
0: well (laughs) where do you think all the power in california went why are why else are they having brownouts if they're not testing the lightning gun over san francisco i mean come on let's go ahead and start some really awesome conspiracy theories here
1: they had to use a lot of power to get that weather going mean, we know that storm last week early last week where they did some major damage in iowa came through chicago and it was on a
0: show day uh, you you appear to have survived
1: yes we were no problem here there were some tornadoes in the area the only thing i noticed was being <laughs> oh
0: in, there were some tornadoes in the area no yeah
1: i mean i didn't see any i mean we're talking you know miles away from here but in the, the general chicago area there were a few tornadoes but i'm you know a little bit below grade here in the office and i've got windows but there's blinds on them and then there's like the film on there so that way you know nobody can see in so i can podcast in the nude if i want to i mean you got to have that opportunity.
0: And if you want to, are you saying you don't want to, or are you saying you're doing it? Are
1: you admitting to this theater of the mind? But the only way I noticed was all of a sudden it start getting darker and darker and darker. And it's like, it's not like nine o'clock at night, but, uh, you know, it was about three o'clock in the afternoon and it got pretty dark. And then I started hearing things hitting the window and it wasn't rain or hail. It was just anything that was outside at the time that wasn't tied down probably small yeah. dogs and animals were, were, yeah. were just children quiet. yeah i mean they said i yeah. think in this area that winds got up to like 72 miles an hour which is pretty wow big, okay pretty big for here i that, that well that'd be pretty huge for here but blow you right off that mountain that you're on there
0: well it, the, the mountains are one of the main reasons we don't get really bad winds here uh when you know, when the wind gusts above say 60 or so uh, well, OK, first of all, there are so many trees around here that we really don't feel the wind down at ground level. But the problem is that the trees well, the trees are also the problem, because when the winds go fast enough, we don't feel the wind at ground level, but we do feel the falling trees.
1: <laughs> and those have a tendency to cause more damage than wind.
0: Well, they, depending on what they hit, I don't know how many times I've lost my power around here by trees falling across the lines. So. You mentioned the, you mentioned this in Chicago and and I did want to, I know this isn't our main story, but, uh, there's, there's a real escape from New York vibe going on in,
1: well, uh, well in in New New York, York, but also
0: (laughs) Chicago, um, California, California. And I, I, uh, I, I haven't seen it from Seattle, but that's probably the reason why I need to get the hell out of here. Um, I, I, I watched the only thing I saw, I watched an interview with mayor Lightfoot who, she fucking flipped out when the reporters asked if this was if if the problems you know what all these crimes on the street could this be because you're not prosecuting criminals and she just lost her mind.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, I forget what what was the exact words like don't test me or don't try me or something like yeah. that. It's like what does
0: that mean? I yeah it it was yeah don't don't test don't don't be flippant don't is just like stop or, no stop trying to bait me or something yes. like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like here's an idea, if you don't prosecute criminals, they figure that out and then they commit more crime. I the, mean, the I
0: thing th- that blew me away was what what triggered her was a reporter asking if if it was not prosecuting the criminals that did this like 40 seconds after the police chief said exactly that. Yes. Yeah.
1: And uh it makes sense. They were trying to have another big protest this weekend in Chicago. They were planning on going off onto the Dirty Dan, the Dan Ryan, probably the biggest, baddest expressway in all of the Midwest, definitely in Chicago. It is the the expressway right outside of Comiskey Park. So I've traveled it many a times as a kid. And it's the expressway that is like five lanes wide where people were normally doing 90, 100 miles an hour at all times, day and night, weaving in and out of traffic. And as one does, the protesters thought they were going to go and walk on the Dan Ryan and shut it down. And <laughs> one, I mean, that and any day, I mean, I don't care. And this is in a you know black goes through the black neighborhood. And I'm just thinking the black people, they have no time for you getting in their way on the Dan Ryan. They would have run you yeah. over, too. They don't care if your black <laughs> lives matter.
0: This is how you end up with speed bump LARPers.
1: Yeah, it really is. And unfortunately for the protesters, I guess not enough showed up. The cops were out in force. There were an extra thousand cops. And it was interesting to finally That's see.
0: Probably fortunate for the protesters if they weren't allowed to go get their asses run over. Yes. I mean, I would. It think, might be unfortunate for the rest of us, but. <laughs>
1: It was it was interesting to see Mayor Lightfoot the first time in a long time that I really saw her making statements that the cops did a good job and the cops are very anti Mayor Lightfoot overall and Can you blame them. No, she's making no. it hard for them to do anybody that doesn't matter what business you're in. If your boss is making it hard for you to do your job, you hate your boss. And if this is a life and death situation, like with the police, it's a little bit more even uh, deeply rooted i would guess
0: so if we were a a clip show if we were patterning our show after no agenda then some point during this segment we probably would have brought in the audio of mayor lightfoot but since we're not and we're just a talk show what you're going to have to do is go and look up the the audio just to hear what we heard this was was pretty good yeah Yeah.
1: it was entertaining i'll give you that that's what somebody from
0: the from the, you know, psycho progressive uh, I, I, you know, activist decides to lose their mind when faced with logic perspective.
1: Even if you disagree with her vehemently on her politics, Mayor Lightfoot
0: is entertaining. I'll give her that. I, you know, this that is exactly the description, the the, the one sentence description I give for Donald Trump. <laughs> It's like
1: he's going to be entertaining.
0: People are like, how can you stand watching Trump? I'm like, because he's entertaining.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is performance art. Don't you get it? And these people, I swear, the left cannot see themselves. They're like vampires because they cannot see themselves when they look at social media with Trump's younger brother dying. I mean, all these people, including some big names, uh, you know, with the oh, the wrong Trump died. It's like you people are disgusting.
0: That, 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 yeah, that that's some pretty deplorable shit there
1: yeah you do the same thing the other way and you know facebook twitter and them will be shutting you down but it's okay because if you're a lefty but they don't see the hate it's funny and it's sad that they don't see the hate it's like if everybody could just
0: and apparently twitter doesn't see the hate either
1: well there's a very good reason for that these look
0: like peaceful death threats
1: yes the people that they hire to oversee this stuff i mean start looking into that and you'll be amazed at the jobs they had before. So many people from the far left. This is not something that was even when there was no attempt even there to make this a fair and balanced thing. If I can borrow the old Fox News line, it's definitely one sided. But we're not here to talk about that today. We actually have a topic today while not in evergreen. I do think it's going to take a majority of the show just because I, of how much there is I'm, to unpack.
0: I'm here, first of all, to talk about Nick Sandman versus WAPO, because this entertained me, too.
1: Well, that is for people who don't remember the name. That's the kid from the Covington School that stood there with a smirk on his face while the Native American looking guy was kind of chanting right in front of him. And everybody was like, oh, he was being mean to the guy. And then the story came out that it was absolutely the other way around, that the kids were not taunting this Native well, they, they, American guy.
0: I mean, I, you you could argue that the kids, by virtue of being right wing, they were wearing MAGA hats and they'd been at an anti-abortion rally. So obviously they were Nazis and deserved to be punched by leftist thinking. But yeah, they were just waiting for the bus. And the a bunch of people from the, the what was it, black Hebrew Israelites group who were in town for something else came out, saw the MAGA hats and just decided they were going to start shit, which was in the video that had come out a little while later and were calling them all the worst names in the world and like trying to poke and prod them and they weren't doing anything and then this one native american dude who uh it turns out later you know not only he he was all of for taking interviews at the time and talk, talking about being a disabled vietnam vet and you know he's it turns out later he was never in vietnam and he was actually an activist who's got a long history of starting shit no way this, Yeah, who knew? And so Nick Sandman, who was the the kid from the photo who I mean, I'm not going to say completely innocent. He was in Washington, D.C. at an anti-abortion rally wearing a MAGA hat. And these are you can say they are legal things to do. And in fact, they are uh, right to peaceably assemble and all that. And I totally support your First Amendment right to do that sort of thing. But at the same time, you've got to know that wearing that and doing that is going to start shit. I'm not blaming him for it. I'm just saying not just some random Joe on the street. However, he was in his right to be waiting for the bus that day. And all of these news outlets just took one photo and said, he's harassing this native American dude and just went crazy. And for two and a half days, Nick Sandman was the most evil human being on the planet and what, you know, what blew us away at the time we weren't doing grumpy old Ben's at the time, but why we were listening to no agenda where even they pointed out, they said, what is amazing here is the number of news outlets that, and, and people who are just piling on representative Deb Haaland from New Mexico, a Democrat condemned Nick for quote blatant hate, disrespect and intolerance of a native American veteran or Vietnam War veteran and said that Nick is obviously in the wrong because you could tell by the hats they were wearing. Right.
1: I mean these are <laughs> let's just understand, I mean, and rightfully so, don't get me wrong, but the left has long been a champion of you can't blame a woman who was assaulted or raped because of what she was wearing. That you can't go by what people are wearing. You can't make them guilty because of that. Oh wait, the kid's wearing a MAGA hat? Oh, he's guilty. How does that yeah. work?
0: Orange Man Bad. Yeah.
1: Orange Man. Orange Man Bad. We are listening to the Orange Man Bad Network.
0: So the reason that this is news now is that there has been a settlement reached in his suit versus Washington Post. This is like what Um, the third
1: or fourth one to cave and settle.
0: Well, this is this is the uh, second one I was able to find. CNN settled in January. Yes. Uh, So Washington Post settled for it is a two hundred fifty million dollar settlement. Now, that doesn't mean that Nick, who could theoretically be the luckiest guy in the world. I mean, I'd go take stand for a photo op with a bunch (laughs) of racists if if I gave me this. But he is not necessarily getting two hundred fifty million dollars. The terms of the settlement are not uh, disclosed because they don't have to. They came to a settlement. It wasn't a a verdict from a judge or anything. Um, But it does mean that Washington Post is probably going to lose two hundred fifty million dollars for whatever it is that they settled on. And some of that is probably going to this dude. Um, This is the uh, the settlement they reached with CNN was two hundred seventy five million. So we're looking at half a billion dollars coming from these fake news outlets for their role in publishing and pushing news that was completely unvet for for blogging on a national platform with the audience they have without doing any kind of fact checking or even sanity checking, because that has been out the window since 2016 or before
1: yeah this is one of the big things that really threw the fake news narrative especially from trump into the news rightfully so here and it's a little disappointing i mean one it's good that both cnn and wapo are being held accountable but i kind of wanted to see this go to court but
0: you you might still get it uh nick's attorney somebody i actually you know i don't respect a hell of a lot of of attorneys, of lawyers, but uh, somebody named Lynn Wood um, is the just apparently the right attorney because she sued dozens of media outlets for smearing Nick. Uh, The pending lawsuits remaining uh, include versus Gannett, which is the parent company of USA Today uh, versus ABC, CBS, New York Times and Rolling Stone. All of those lawsuits are pending so we could see more of
1: this. It'll be interesting because I would think every one of those once c n n caved and get got a settlement to Nick, I thought everybody was going to, and I still do because if c n n goes, "Yeah, we don't have the lawyers or they're telling us we're not going to win this. we should just settle out of court. I don't see how anybody who all ran the same exact story. we talked about this phenomenon multiple times that one person writes the story, and everybody else goes, oh c n n was first, whoever was first with the story." Every other news outlet reads that, rewrites yeah. it, sometimes changes a word here and there. And, and they just it.
0: source each other. Yeah. Nobody does any journalism anymore. This this is pure evidence of that. Nobody bothered to check anything that, you know, there's there's two things going on in the mainstream in, in the news media in general. This includes news blogs is two two phenomena going on. One is that nobody bothers to sort or to check anything. They just source each other. If the story is out there, they can report, you know, CNN said the blah, blah, blah. And it's true as far as they're concerned. It's the truth. It's they just say as CNN reported and then they're covered because, hey, we can't we can't possibly be sued because we just said that CNN reported it. Right.
1: Right. That's our story. (laughs) Our story isn't that this happened. Our story is that CNN reported that it happened. And whatever the reality is, we don't care. And uh, Exactly.
0: And then the second phenomenon is that these people are competing so much for scoops that they literally do not have time to do silly things like fact checking, because if you get a story, you publish it immediately in the internet age, or somebody else is going to publish it first, and then you don't have the story. So there is very strong incentive to not bother checking facts or anything. It is, uh heard a rumor somebody posted on Twitter quick get a story out and whoever can type the fastest gets the story out first and they get all the clicks
1: yeah and there is often misspellings now in not only the headlines but the stories themselves where you can tell journalism is not what it once was not only aren't they fact checking they're not even spell checking they're not even grammar checking it's a uh, it's a mess it really is and you're right the problem is we've gone into a time into a media culture where being first is all that matters, because that's where, as you said, if you're that first one in every other news outlet comes in and gives you some press because it's like, oh, grumpy old Benz is reporting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it, why. It's clicks. Yeah.
0: And, you know, everybody who everybody who's like, well, CNN is reporting that that Donald Trump, you know, slapped a baby and. They're off the hook because all they can say is, well, we didn't fact check it. We assumed CNN had. But the benefit to CNN is that, hey, uh, we got all these clicks from it. Great. Look at all these sweet pharmaceutical advertising dollars we got out of that.
1: And they've been running under the assumption that it was never going to bite them in the ass. Even after this uh, Nick Sandman Covington school thing happened. The laissez-faire attitude from CNN, the WAPO, and all these people were like, "Eh, we don't care." And uh, I mean,
0: you you smear some nobody kid. What are they going to do? Cry in their school paper? Kind of. Well, no. If if they're Nick Sandman, they hire this lawyer who is going to go make waves,
1: and rightfully so. I mean, because it is it's national news. We've talked about the bad things that could happen to kids from using social media. And posting what may be considered dumb crap down the road could keep you from getting a scholarship. You keep you from getting a job. Now, that's multiple. By what is the multiplication factor of having national news outlets print bad things about you that are untrue? I mean,
0: I don't know. At it, this it, point, it looks like it's about a half a billion. That's a
1: lot. That's a lot of good. Uh, that's a good metric. I'd like it. And I'm glad that. He's going to at least be able to benefit, and from what I can tell, he seems to be a, a pretty well grounded kid, and maybe his whole family that they can use this money to help make sure this never happens to somebody else.
0: I, I I have no idea what the kids like. For all I know, he could be an asshole, but I I can tell you I like what he's done, and I think that uh, it, it it's not for Nick Sandman that that I think this is an awesome story. It's it's against. Washington Post and CNN, because if, if this is what it takes for them, for, for somebody, you know, nobody in the newsroom is ever going to go back and be like, Oh, right. Journalistic principles forgot about those. That's, that's not how it works. But if somebody in the bean counting department can be like, we're hemorrhaging money to lawsuits because you people can't keep it in your pants. Maybe that's what it takes to get, journalism back in this country and if that's what it takes then I'm all for it it's interesting
1: because the media in the united states was originally a check and balance against government and now you need the government to be a check and balance against you know the judicial system part anyway if
0: if that's true then we're all fucked I, i'm not disagreeing with that but i i still maintain that the proper remedy for these giant media companies who have lost their ability to tell truth from fiction, that the proper remedy is for the people to just stop paying attention to them. I, I feel like that is a much more wholesome remedy than, than government stepping in. But the problem is the state of propaganda and psychological manipulation of the public being what it is. I mean, these fucking people still voted for Jay Inslee in droves, even after he went all totalitarian regime on us. So I'm, I'm losing faith in the population of being able to do anything. Well, not
1: only is the media being proven to be lying with regularity, you also have to understand what doesn't get covered. There was a kid, Connor or something, I believe, right? Like a five-year-old white kid that was shot by a 25-year-old black guy and the news media, silent because oh,
0: selection bias has been constant in the news media for as long as i've been around yeah it's getting worse though it,
1: that these are the know, kind people- of stories that are just totally ignored and if it fits their narrative it's covered if it doesn't it's not
0: yeah exactly the, the the stories of of you know people say oh i've i've had people i'll be like you know yeah you know that the media is left biased this this is like you know 1997 and i'm in college and saying you know the media's left bias people are like no way show me one story where they had <laughs> bias i'm like i don't have to all i have to do is find a list of everything that happened and show you what they've decided to cover because that is their biggest source of bias is deciding which stories are newsworthy and which ones aren't you can always tell the people that are fully crap because they're the ones that go
1: xyz whatever the group whatever the person is everything they say is a lie and then my next question is always okay well give me one concrete example and then they look at you like and then they stop and go away <laughs> it's like well uh if you're telling I did me
0: read yeah oh yeah if
1: you're going to tell me that everything and this was the conversation i had on twitter briefly with uh what's the guy's name from entourage jeremy piven it's like if if you can't even make that point then shut up and sit down because if you're going to say everything rush limbaugh says is a lie everything glenn beck says is a lie everything o'reilly says is a Uh, lie then give me one or two examples and then maybe i'll believe you actually and you'll win
0: i the the, yeah it's called you can break somebody you can break somebody with that by just pulling out the liar's paradox on them which uh i i think one of the most famous examples of the liar's paradox was when uh james t kirk was arguing with a computer in in one of the original star trek episodes when uh you know, it says everything I say is a lie. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm lying right now.
1: Does not and, compute.
0: Yeah. And and he broke the computer. Now, now it, this doesn't work on on most of the people in the public these days because they don't have the ability to reason and therefore they don't have the ability to analyze that statement. Therefore, they're pretty immune to it. Uh, I I read an interesting quote I really liked this morning. It, it doesn't fit this discussion exactly, but it totally fits my argument that people do not People have given up on critical thinking and logic to make decisions. Oh yeah, and are are arguing from pure emotion, which you you don't have to look very far to see that. Facebook, it, it's full of it. Uh, CNN, you know, mainstream media, full of it. They, they're all full of it. But uh, the quote was from Thomas Paine, uh, who was a uh, a revolutionary back in the day, uh, the day during of Revolutionary the Re- War. Yeah. Um, he said to argue with a person who has renounced the use of reason is like administering medicine to the dead that's deep but true yeah so i and, and that's what it is if it, i i i give up trying to uh, the moment that somebody decides to make an appeal to emotion argument i will point out that they've made an appeal to emotion argument that they've abandoned reason and if they defend that then i'm done it, you you can't you 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 can't argue logic with somebody who has chosen to not acknowledge logic. The only thing you can do is punch them in the face, shove them into a locker and walk away. Ryan worked grumpy old Ben's They worked in high school anyway. Is
1: that, that's the way you got through high school. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I understand. It is a, well, uh, I, w-
0: I was too big to put in the locker. So,
1: you know, and there was a reason why it's like nobody's advocating violence, but this was another way where growing up kids learned how to deal with the real world. Because you actually had to fight a few battles here and there. Once that was all kind of stripped away and everything was, you know, any little thing was treated as violence and bullying and all this, it really has made the younger generation less and less able to deal with reality. And we're seeing that now. And unfortunately, we're dealing with a massive pandemic, we're dealing with governments taking massive amounts of control. And what you have is a whole new generation that's just sitting around, going,
0: "Uh, uh-huh, I don't know what to
1: do. I don't want any conflict, and uh, can, it's not going to go can, well." Can,
0: can I can I bring a correction on terms because this is this is something that that bothers me when I get into conversations, and you you know that things bother me sometimes.
1: I'm just surprised people get into conversations with you.
0: That honestly, that surprises me too. <laughs> uh, the, the The state of the world in 2020. A lot of people will talk about the sorry state, which is something that everybody can commiserate on, and it's something you know it, when when you're looking for common ground, it's really hard to to walk up to somebody, and be like the earth is flat, eh? Because you don't have common ground on that particular, but you have common ground on boy, 2020 sure sucks, right? But way too many people will, and and this is this is just a nomenclature thing, and might not be what you mean, but too many people are saying, you know, 2020 sucks because of covid or because of the pandemic and i just want to be very very clear that that is not the reason that 2020 sucks um that is a scapegoat the the virus is and and i've made this point many times and nobody's been able to refute me not that people try as emotion and logic but the virus was just A flu virus that had some side effects that uh, for certain people in certain populations, mostly very aged and having comorbidities, had some particularly bad side effects. And they plucked this out of the giant morass of viruses that we encounter every single year, all of the flus, all of the colds, and they put the world's most impressive public relations uh, propaganda PR machine on this virus. And the thing that made 2020 suck was propaganda around the virus, not the virus itself. And the other thing that made 2020 suck far, far orders of magnitude worse than it ever would have is the authoritarian totalitarian overreaction by every fucking government on this planet. That is what made 2020 suck. So when you say, oh, yeah, I couldn't do this because of the virus, that's not fucking true. When your plans were completely wrecked for 2020, you couldn't do it because of the lockdown. You couldn't do it because of the government overreaction. You couldn't do it because of J.G. Fat Fuck Pritzker and J. Fucking Inslee. You couldn't do that because these totalitarian tin pot dictators decided to take an excuse of a minor medical issue that is effectively a seasonal flu with some stuff tacked on. And turn it into the utter, complete destruction of the world economy. And so when people talk about, oh, I couldn't do this in 2020 because of the virus. No, you're wrong. The virus would not have fucking stopped you unless you were actually infected at that moment. And were one of the people in the minority who had bad enough symptoms that it would have prevented you. No, it wasn't the virus. It was the lockdown. It was the quarantine. It was the overreaction. It was dickhead fucking governors who screwed up our entire society because they couldn't admit they were wrong. I Anyways, just want to
1: point out I didn't say twenty twenty sucked and I didn't say anything was because of the you, virus. You
0: did, however, blame the pandemic for something and
1: nope, that triggered. No, you. no, I didn't blame the pandemic. I said we now we have a pandemic and the kids oh, I got
0: triggered. You want to quibble over what did it really? <laughs>
1: yes, because that'll trigger okay. you further. <laughs> I just want to point out. I said because of the way kids have been brought up, they don't know how to handle something like this pandemic. And cr- critical thinking is, uh, I think, a big part of being able to handle something like this. And with critical thinking gone, you are believing in your politicians, and we know what that leads to. You are believing in the mainstream media, and we all know what that leads to. I just hope you have a good doctor because maybe they're the only ones that can talk you down. No,
0: no, I actually, oh, I had a. I had a prescription refill the other day and I, I ran out. Oh no. Something stronger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coffee.
1: Oh. Wait, wait, no. That's not that's not a depressant. You that's... haven't tried Dave Memrose's coffee. Wow, is it that bad? Okay.
0: <laughs> no, it's amazing. But uh I had a I had a prescription that I needed refilled the other day and I called up the, the you know, I, you call the pharmacy and the pharmacy's like, You don't have any refills and they called the doctor and the doctor said, Well, I don't wanna uh you know I, I, I you you are overdue for your yearly general physical and uh i'd like you to come in and i said uh, all things being equal um i would rather fall off of this medication than go into a clinic right now <laughs> and, uh, no and no she telemedicine understood. so she, well the, she wants to do a general physical which involves like holding things against my chest and, and not that get your mind out of the gutter uh but yeah, she she was she Fortunately, she understood. I didn't I didn't specify that the reason I don't want to go in is because of unreasonable bullshit like mask policies and stuff like that. But, you know, people are willing to under you. At least she was under, willing to understand. Oh, OK, you don't want to go in because you don't want to catch the virus. Well, that wasn't the reason. But but I don't care. she it's a she sold my prescription, which is all I fucking needed.
1: Yeah, it's a good excuse at this point. No doubt about it. But uh, I mean, I, that was intrigued because we had our checkup the other day. My wife and I, same doctors. We went in and it's always the same nurses. None of them have gotten sick. The doctor hasn't gotten sick. So it's it's an interesting thing. It's like if they haven't caught it, I mean, I know they're being careful, but they're still in the business where you would think if anybody's going to be exposed to it, they're on the front line. So it's it's a bizarre thing to watch. Well,
0: I, Honestly, I feel safer if I were worried about catching a flu virus. I would feel safer in a doctor's office than most anywhere else because they have had years and years of habit of following good hygiene practices. And that is how you avoid flu viruses. And also, you know, you know, not to like, don't if if somebody is coughing and sniffling in the waiting room, you just don't sit next to them. That's really not that hard to figure out.
1: You want to keep your distance at least six feet. Magical.
0: Six feet. I wanted to talk about Grumpy Old Ben's number 83 today.
1: Oh, we're going back in time. We need a woo like one of them well, sound effects.
0: Specifically, some notes that I prepared for that because on the second, first of August, um the CEOs of Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Google all went and testified in front of Congress. And yes. they were trying to defend themselves. Well, I uh, watched that, part of that. Hey,
1: it wasn't as much that they were being interrogated as much as the well, committee not as let much them, as i would have liked yeah well the committee just kind of let them do five minute commercials for their product i mean it was weird
0: yeah it, it was unfortunate uh the so uh the the monopolies in uh in question uh you know facebook was uh well i did that that is it's effectively turning into a monopoly in social media between facebook and instagram um google has a monopoly on search Uh, Amazon has a monopoly on shopping. They, believe it or not, have almost 75% of all online sales in in North America. Wow. Um, And Apple and Google are both monopolies on the app stores for their respective platforms. So they were... They were dragged in. Um, the The quote that I have here, uh, three of these companies basically have the same set of accusations against them, which is that competitors come on your platform, you take their information, you preference your own results, compete against them, drive them out of business or buy them cheap. And that that is the the business model of Amazon, Facebook and Google. When you decide to be on their platform to try to start a business, they they just love to be, yeah, come on the platform, come in with your bright ideas, get all your you know, Oh, oh, great. Your idea is working out. Great. Let me just, um, (laughs) steal it, push you. Yeah. Steal it, push you out (laughs) of business, compete, undercut you. Amazon, Amazon has, has had lots of lawsuits about doing that because they had their affiliate program where people would come in and be like, yeah, great. Awesome. We're vendors and Amazon has the storefront right up until Amazon creates their Amazon basics that happens to have the identical product for 30% cheaper, 10% cheaper. What it just enough to, to make it pop up first in the search results.
1: Right. Because Amazon has the data of exactly which products are selling, which is probably the most valuable information in the consumer oh, yeah. world.
0: And, and owning the storefront, which Amazon does, Google does, Apple does, uh, owning that storefront is by far more valuable than just the cost of goods. They, you know, The data alone makes it worth it for them to undercut by 20%.
1: Yes. So if somebody comes out with their, you know, oh, this this type of drink, whatever it is, whatever the product is, Amazon knocks it off, makes their own and makes it cheaper. And they can automate if the if the other guy that they knocked off lowers their price by 10 percent, Amazon can lower their price by 10 percent automatically.
0: (laughs) Because owning the storefront means that if if you change your prices, you have to update the database. And hey, they could just read that database and be like, okay, now do a multiply by point nine. Yeah, done.
1: Yep. That's always our price is always going to be less than your price, yeah.
0: So uh, specifically, I uh, I I don't know what you had on on the antitrust hearings, but the one part of the antitrust hearing that I particularly liked was the part against Apple, and and that brings us to our topics for today. Um, let's see, uh, Tim Cook during that interview, I pulled I pulled at least one quote, which was uh, Apple is not a monopoly in any business that it's involved in. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess if you define monopoly, you, the, the the big place where Apple is accused of being monopoly is uh, they are the only ones that are allowed to run an app store on iOS. And it, it there is no arguing that they are a monopoly on running app stores on iOS. But Tim Cook is not talking. He, he says, well, we're not a monopoly in app stores because Google has an app store and they're way bigger than we are. Um, you know, we're which is not true. a monopoly in smartphones because, yeah, and, and that's the thing. If you do, if you are able to define which businesses you're involved in, then, of course, you're just not going to pick any of the ones that that you're monopoly in done. Um, now, the House Antitrust Subcommittee did come up with documents that indicate, uh, you know, big devs who, you know, had they they made. I Yeah, that uh, what do I have? Oh, Cook's insistence that all devs big and small are equal. Um, however, there are carve outs for Amazon, for Baidu, for... So, yeah, okay. Um, anyways, this App Store thing is the, the crux of... I My notes got mixed up, so I'm totally confused. You're probably uh, using Windows Store, 7. That might be my problem. Actually, I'm using Notepad++, which is the greatest editor ever, but... Um, I agree. My notes are also in Notepad++. So... Anyways, uh, Apple is a monopoly in their app store. Uh, there are, uh, close to a billion people actively on iOS and none of those people without rooting and jailbreaking your phone, none of those people can install anything that doesn't go through Apple. And over the years, lots and lots of people have bristled at the fact that Apple Uh, they charge effectively a 30% tax, which is, uh, you make $10 of revenue, $3 of that goes to Apple off the top, no matter what, um, you know, let's see, uh, complaints against this. Um, I think the first one that I saw was 2009, uh, Amazon books wanted to be on iOS in the app store, uh, but Amazon didn't want to pay the 30%. Why? Because Amazon sold their books through their website and they wanted to be able to sell their books through their app. But Apple would not let anybody you know the Apple actually has policies that says if you char you you must charge the same for in-app purchases in your your app as you charge everywhere else. And in fact, this is the the core of the Apple policy that that they keep saying is violated is that you you cannot charge more on apple than on in the app store than you charge elsewhere which means if if you follow these rules you are automatically making 30% less from anybody who does in app purchases than you are making elsewhere there are a lot of industries where margins are razor thin are certainly less than 30% and you make money if somebody goes to your website say amazon books but they lose money you lose money if they go to buy your stuff through the app store for years. For example, um, Amazon didn't want to pay out the 30%. So you could not purchase anything from the Amazon app. You had to, all it did was when you said you, I want to purchase something, you clicked a button and it redirected to the website. Um, that by the way, ended in about 2016 when the Amazon app suddenly was able to, uh, to make in-app purchases, Why was that? Well, because iOS really wanted prime video and the leaked documents that were out of order in my notes said that Apple is now apparently only charging Amazon 15%. So yeah, Tim Cook's argument about it's all an even platform and everybody has to pay 30% no matter what. Yeah. Unless you're Amazon, I guess. Unless it's multi
1: billions of dollars and a sweetheart deal can be had.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see. uh, The the documents included Baidu, uh, who, uh, in exchange for being available, uh, I guess being available in China, Baidu gets to be the default search engine for all Chinese iPhones. Um, They get to skip the review process for beta versions of their apps, which is another thing Apple is a total stickler about. So Baidu actually has the right to push an update and it's out on people's phones in auto update immediately. Uh something that nobody else gets. And Baidu also has the the 15%. I don't know what people buy in Baidu, so I don't know why that matters, but that I've got it. Uh let's see, who else? Uh oh yeah, Spotify. Um they apparently made a sweet deal because they're Spotify that uh users who buy through the Spotify app. Um Apple gets 30% for new users, but after one year, the continuing subscription fees. Are only charged 15 percent uh, that's another thing that's always fun is the this setup like uh the the subscription fees where you know uh well a uh, netflix app for example uh you cannot sign up for netflix on the iphone why because apple would take 15 percent of your recurring subscription fee right but you can access uh, netflix 30, once you
1: signed up which is so, where a lot of this starts getting very confusing
0: and that is what a lot of companies do is they say You have to sign up on our website because that is where the transaction happens. And then now that you have an account, you can use the service on iOS and we'll give Apple 15% of what you pay by logging in, which is nothing right. 30%. So uh, Apple has a long, long history of defending this 30%. Another, another really common thing they have is, is 30% is the industry standard. Uh, bitches, you set the industry standard. They, they browbeat everybody into the industry standard. The you know, Google's original was twenty percent, and Apple was so popular when Android first came out that they Android eventually went to the 30% just because it A- Apple is the one, you know, they started at 30%, they've held fast at 30%. It's always 30%, no matter what. Uh, you know, Microsoft, the the store, the app store that we were talking about at the before the show, which if you're not listening live, you don't know what I'm talking about, and ha uh that app store started at 30%. Every app that you buy bought in the Windows 8 Microsoft store was uh, 70% to the developer and 30% to Microsoft. And nobody really understood why that failed. I mean, other than nobody ever wanted apps in Windows, but um, nobody right. wanted an app store in Windows. Well, um, yeah.
1: This is what leads us to the current story which is oh i'm not there yet okay do we still have some more background going on here oh oh i've got i i've got bad let's see uh um, doesn't cover everything that's actually in the story oh my god well
0: no <laughs> uh let's see telegram filed a complaint in the eu in uh, uh only last month um they claim that uh they claim that apple is uh you know, telegram filed an antitrust complaint claiming that apple is a monopoly uh, Apple claimed that they have no monopoly power because they have a smaller market share than Android. Right. Um Etsy. Well yeah, uh, but see Spotify. This,
1: yeah, this is all kind of uh, you know, rolled in here. And there's a lot. I mean, there's I mean, I don't know if we want to hit the story first and then hit those things. I think there is a, a conversation okay. to be had about the monopoly concept. And I don't think it's a you know, it's a simple saying. Okay, well,
0: introduce the story. Yeah.
1: You know, the uh, what what this is all being a uh A response to now is we finally had well, all these small developers that have been paying this 30%, even if they're grumbling under their breath, they were doing it because, and really, whether it was Apple or Android, they were doing it because there's no other alternative. If you want to sell your stuff, you have to go with the Apple system. Now, we finally have a company in Epic Games that went, hmm, I don't like this. And we're going to do yeah. something about it.
0: Yeah. So you know, after after uh, Spotify's uh, uh, filing their complaint in the EU, Telegram's filing in the EU. Um, my, you know, uh, actually, there's there's one other thing that immediately led up to this, and I can also go into a history of Epic. I have a lot of that, but uh, um, two weeks ago, and this also came out of my previous notes. Uh, Apple banned Microsoft X Cloud and and uh, this is relevant uh what is microsoft XCloud? x Cl- <clears throat> well microsoft x cloud is their game streaming service um it is it means you uh it, is it in like the case a of microsoft or... you s- y- yes uh no not not quite steam steam is a service where you download the game to your hard drive and play it and it phones home to steam servers every time you log in because i guess steam wants to control it or something but um <laughs> Uh, a streaming service is I send my keyboard and mouse inputs or, or my, my controls, whether that be a controller, or keyboard or mouse. Uh, in most of these ca- cases of these, it's, it's phones, but I send my inputs to over the internet to the cloud and it sends back what happened in the game. Uh, in a lot of cases, it just sends back a video of what happened. So effectively, the gaming system where the game is running is a cloud server and you are effectively uh, remoting in to a game system that is what game streaming really is um microsoft's x cloud services is just microsoft's version um but they're not uh they're not the only ones google has uh, a system called stadia which apple blocked um nvidia has a system called geforce now which they're developing haven't yet uh been blocked but every every one of these has a characteristic that you're not Playing the game on your iPhone, you're playing a game in the cloud, and your iPhone is just a terminal to it. And uh, a lot of these things are there. You know, these are a lot of people are saying this is a way that people are getting around. Uh, you know, just like just like go to our website to pay for things. This is a way people are getting around paying the Apple tax. And the the thing that makes this particularly notable, other than it it is one of the things that really. Uh, prompted Epic into their lawsuit. But Apple also happens to have a streaming live game streaming service called Apple Arcade. Um, Oh, my note that I wrote down. Um, Apple argues the reason that they can't allow xCloud is because that they can't provide that carefully hand-censored experience to streamed content. Um, I think hand-censored might be my, that that might be my words in here. Um, Although the funny thing is they definitely allowed Netflix, which is totally a streaming service. So, yeah. Um it's an, that
1: it's an intriguing argument on all this stuff. But what happened with Epic is interesting because it doesn't really appear to be your normal lawsuit. There is a well, most of the coverage is the lawsuit against Apple. There is a similar one that was filed at the same time against Google. So any of the stuff we're talking about is pretty much split between Apple and Google when it comes down to this. But this isn't a lawsuit
0: looking for money because it it applies to both. But Apple is by far being the most arrogant here, which is why they're getting the press.
1: Yes. Well, there's no question about it, because once I mean the way Epic did this, although was so passive aggressive, it's beautiful because they know Apple's rules, Android's rules, which is you have to give us our VIG. You have to give us our 30 percent for anything in app. And they changed that. They decided they were going to sell in-game currency on their own website at 20% off. So kind of like sign up for Netflix elsewhere. You can still run it. Epic has
0: a long history of doing stuff like this, by the way. Um, Tim Sweeney, the founder of Epic uh, is wildly outspoken. Uh, You know, the, the last several years he has been wildly outspoken against Apple's app store, but he has been wildly outspoken against all forms of gatekeeping in the industry he took pot shots at steam back in the day he took pot shots at microsoft he took pot shots at sony um you know epic became huge with games like unreal and gears of war uh gears of war was a microsoft exclusive and that was the thing that caused tim sweeney to swear off making exclusive deals ever again because he hated working with microsoft that much um the funny thing about it is, uh, Epic's major runaway hit, the, the the biggest game they've ever had in their life, was a game called Fortnite, which you may have heard of if you've ever heard of gaming. Well, that um, is
1: Fortnite. what this whole lawsuit is based that, around. That is
0: that is what it's about. Uh, Fortnite has three hundred fifty million players since twenty seventeen, and they've made over three billion dollars in in app purchases. Now, Epic gives Fortnite away for free. All of these in app purchases are cosmetic. They are. You get new skins, new gun skins, new. It doesn't even change the gameplay. It is as far as in-app purchases go. They're doing everything right. I I don't know if I've given my argument. It's microtransactions. There's a lot of pay to win bullshit in the industry, and it's what got me to kind of abandon a lot of these games. Right. Epic is doing it right. It's not pay to win. You you can do fine with the free version of the game. You just don't look as cool.
1: And we all know looks are important. That's why it's a freemium game. You know, it's like you said, they give it away free. But there are things you can purchase within the app. Now, there were some stats on this, which I thought were just yeah. fantastic. And, and d- d-
0: you mentioned the, the in-app purchase. What, what you buy with real money is called V-Bucks or Vinder Bucks, which is the in-game currency that you use in the game to buy new skins or new new faces for your characters or whatever.
1: And just to give people who aren't that big into gaming an idea what kind of money we're talking about. In the first 90 days, Epic on Fortnite on in-app purchases made a hundred million dollars in the first three months. Yeah,
0: that's about right. You know, the funny thing is, uh, Fortnite was uh, a lot of people considered it to be a blatant ripoff of a game that had a lot less a lot less uh, development resources called uh, Player Unknown Battleground, which is something nobody even knows about now but it was one of the first games to really break out the battle Royale genre. And it started taking off almost overnight. And Fortnite was, it, it had a bigger studio behind it, a lot more development resources and PUBG went into early access with bugs, but it was still wildly popular. And then somewhere along the line, Fortnite just, outdeveloped them went out sooner and now nobody's heard of of uh, pubg player unknown battleground it, it just gone
1: <laughs> money talks and like i said 100 yeah. million in the first 90 days a billion dollars within the first year and you're saying and now it's up to 3 billion overall so this is a big yeah. franchise again it's, all of it's those huge all of those in-app purchases 30 percent to apple so do you want to do the math well it
0: Well, it's, it's not 30% Apple because for a very long time, it wasn't even available. No, it wasn't available in the app store. I want to, I wanted to mention it was great. Cold acid says, sir, Bemrose, it might be easier to list who Sweeney hasn't taken pot shots at because Tim Sweeney is that kind of person. I actually really appreciate that despite the fact that he's a total dick or maybe because of, uh, but yeah, uh, so actually, uh, let's see the, the. The other interesting pot shot that Sweeney took uh was versus Steam. And this this was after the success of Fortnite. Um, they launched the Epic Games store. This was a huge, huge tempest in the gaming industry a couple of years ago because um of two things. One is that they 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 decided that they were going to go head to head against Steam. Now, Steam has been if eff- Effectively, a monopoly in the pc games industry it is the way that you get games it was the platform you know microsoft who runs the platform underneath steam pretty much windows um tried to create their games with windows platform and it crashed on the rocks of steam because steam is just that powerful uh valve effectively owns the way that everybody got games onto your system forever and uh, valve being the company that owns steam in case you missed that um epic launched the epic game store the two big notable things about the epic game store was first of all um they became huge by buying up exclusives with game publishers and that is the main thing that pissed off gamers because a gamer who wanted to get uh the the uh uh a gamer who wanted to get uh Assassin's Creed, Outer Worlds, Metro Exodus, uh, Borderlands 3. There there were a lot of games that were uh, completely exclusive. You couldn't get them on Steam. You couldn't get them anywhere. You had to download the Epic Games app. A lot of people hated the fact that you had to download a new app. Uh, But the other reason why they were really, really groundbreaking in this is that they only took 12% of game revenue instead of 30 30 is the standard in all the app stores. 30 is the standard that Valve takes for the Steam store. Every game that anybody buys uh, is 30% off the top. It's not even 30% profit. It is 30% revenue, which is, uh, you know, one of Sweeney's quotes said, uh, he says, uh, Apple, Google, and Valve make more profit from a game than the game's developer because... Most game developers don't make 30% profit on their game. That's a tiny slice. No. And
1: Grubhub and Uber Eats make more money on that order that you're placing than the, the restaurant you're getting you yeah, know, the
0: food from. That's, that, that, that's how middlemen work. And it's one of the reasons why you know middlemen get rich even when the, you know, if 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 an industry is not, does not have sufficient competition, then the middlemen are the ones who get rich and the ones at the bottom, whether that industry be, uh you know, the say music or games or or food the the people actually doing the producing go out of business and if it goes gets bad enough then nothing gets produced and eventually the middleman goes it's starved out but you you destroy a whole industry before that happens i don't like middlemen well this uh, is and but, it's
1: big money for apple 30 percent of something yeah, like to get money App- for apple it's big money for
0: google it's big money for valve
1: well i was unaware just how much of apple's income is from this it's a majority of their income. This isn't a small business they're running as far as selling
0: 15 billion dollars a year. Yeah, more than the
1: phones, more than the hardware, more than anything else they're doing. This is bringing in more revenue than anything else Apple is doing. So this isn't a fight over something that is a minor concern to Apple. This is the heart of their business and what it came yeah. down to. The way this now this lawsuit that was filed, the interesting thing is they knew That offering this in-game currency cheaper on their own website, bypassing Apple and Google's terms, um, that was going to violate the terms of service, I should say. And And
0: with with Sweeney's history, it was only a matter of time before he decided he wanted to poke the bear.
1: Well, and that was what he wanted to do because Apple followed suit. They were dumb. Apple went, oh, they're doing this. We're removing them from the app store. And by removing them from the app store, the. Lawsuit that was already done and sitting there waiting. Epic just pressed enter, and there it was.
0: They had it ready, you know, because you know that when when they decided, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna poke the bear and we've got the the bear net ready.
1: Yes, they're like, this Um, is the trap, and we're ready. We know exactly. You know there was a boardroom meeting. Like, okay,
0: here's what we're gonna do. Then Apple's gonna pull us, and then bam, we got them. And you wonder, you wonder how long they've been setting this up because when Fortnite was launched uh it wasn't on iOS at all. And it was it was available on Android, but you had to sideload it because Sweeney hated the app stores so much that he refused to be in any of the app stores. And in uh it the I'm not sure when Fortnite appeared on iOS. I want to say it was this year. Uh I know that uh they they quote unquote caved and put Fortnite in the Play Store in April of twenty twenty. That was only three months ago. Were they setting this up then? Because Google snapped at exactly the same bear bait as Apple did when, when they decided to, I mean, because well, that's what they did. They offered, uh, they wanted to offer a discount on V-Bucks and they said, well, we can't offer this discount on the in the app because Apple and Google will take 30%. Now, if Apple and Google, and actually, the, the Epic press release actually said, if Apple and Google chose not to take the 30%, then we could pass that. To discount onto you. Otherwise, you have to buy your V Bucks on our website.
1: Well, and it is <laughs> so, being so fought. Were they,
0: were they planning this when they put it into the store?
1: Probably, because this is being fought in public. Let me read Apple's statement upon removing Fortnite from their app store. Today, Epic Games took the unfortunate step of violating the app store guidelines unfortunate. that are applied equally to every uh, developer.
0: Except for Amazon. And and Spotify and Baidu.
1: And designed to keep the store safe for our users. As a result, their Fortnite app has been removed from the store. Epic enabled Uh a feature in its app, which was not reviewed or approved by Apple. And they did so with the express intent of violating the App Store guidelines regarding in-app payments that apply to every developer who sells digital goods or services. That
0: that, that part, I believe they did it with the express intent of (laughs) violating. Uh, Yeah. Apple's not willing to acknowledge that there. This is this is the thing. Apple's business model somewhere along the line, you know, early on, they were selling Macs and that was where they got most of their business. And then uh, in 05 ish, uh, they ended up pivoting to almost all of their money was selling iPhones. And somewhere along the line, Apple's business model pivoted again. iPhones are not even the bulk of their revenue anymore. It is this 30 percent from the app store. So. It is just it it is not too much hyperbole to say that if the 30 percent business model were to fail, that could be an existential problem for Apple because they, you know, they are making, you know, 15 billion annually from the app store and and a lot less than that on iPhones. Um, If. It's one of the reasons why they are not willing to admit that they've given anybody a discount, not Spotify, not Amazon, not Baidu, because if people know that they are willing to give out discounts, more people like Epic will start demanding discounts. Uh, They want they want the line. It's what everybody pays to be the truth. And that's why they keep mentioning it over and over again. If you say something enough, it becomes the truth.
1: Right. Well, it's the same thing with offering these deliveries and stuff on Uber Eats and Grubhub, because once you know the percentage restaurants are paying for that, I mean, I've heard, I mean, I'm not this big of a dick, but I can see why people would do it going into a restaurant, you know, before COVID and saying, you know, I'd like my 30% off because I'm buying it directly from you. I know what you're paying the other guy to deliver it. So why don't, why don't I get a discount for just buying it direct? And once people have that knowledge, it's bad for these businesses
0: it's it's yeah and and that is a risk of going through a middleman that's
1: it's now the interesting thing is epic's claiming to be standing up for the little guy maybe they are i doubt it it seems it, like they're it, doing it, something that will make them I, more money everybody
0: makes claims that i mean that that's all it's all pr yes they're
1: accusing apple of the antitrust violations and just like apple's yep. statement Epic's I, statement isn't much better on the other side of this no and
0: no no, it, I Did you get it? Yes. I hope so
1: it's quote. Yeah. Epic brings this suit to end Apple's unfair and anti-competitive actions that Apple undertakes to unlawfully maintain its monopoly in two distinct multi-billion dollar markets, the iOS app distribution market and the in-app payment market. Epic is not seeking monetary compensation. See, so again, they're trying to act like the good guy. I no. get why they're doing that.
0: No, well, they they are seeking monetary compensation. They're just not looking for it out of out of this lawsuit. They're looking for injunctive relief out of the lawsuit, which will allow them to make a hell of a lot more money later.
1: Yes, nor is Epic seeking favorable treatment for itself, a single company. Instead, Epic is seeking injunctive relief to allow fair competition in these two key markets that directly affect hundreds of millions of consumers and tens of thousands, if not more third party <clears throat> app developers. Okay we get it they're saying they're standing up for the little guy but the reality of
0: this well, they're, they're standing up for epic we know that and they're
1: doing it in a great but, manner they even have a parody video of apple's 1984 oh, that head. video was amazing you watched it yeah yeah i will have the link to the art there's an article that's on youtube you can easily find this thing and it's all about beating big bad apple and. You know, it was it was done really well. I don't really buy into Epic being the hero in all of this, but uh,
0: and you know, you know that they had that video ready before they offered the discount as well.
1: Right. And the lawsuit and everything. It's not like this stuff just magically appeared once they went, huh, Apple removed us from the store. Now, what do we do? No, it was ready. It was ready to go. It was obviously something that was well planned out and. Reading the articles on this from people in the tech world, it is really a no lose situation for Epic and a can't win situation for Apple because no matter what happens, Apple yeah. has taken a hit here.
0: Yeah, and, and you know you could you could say Apple fell into their trap, but Apple honestly had no recourse. They they had no choice when when Epic said we are going to offer V Bucks cheaper on the website than in the app. Apple had to stand by their "quote unquote" terms of service, and they had to pull the app. That it was the only remedy that they had left themselves. And if they let, if they didn't do it, if they let it stand, then the floodgates would open for people screaming that we also want exemptions from the thirty percent. And and like I said, Apple's revenue model this in twenty twenty relies on everybody pays the 30% and therefore keep paying the 30% because we have to make that money that that is they don't have any choice if people in mass started demanding their their business model will start to crumble and i have no
1: problem with the 30% the question is i have
0: how? no problem with apple's business model crumbling well i have no problem with
1: them wanting that to be the percentage but you have to allow people to sell things elsewhere. And this is where the arguments start coming in the walled garden thing, which is you're a developer, you're creating something for the Apple ecosystem. Should Apple be lawfully required to get a percentage of this, even every
0: yeah, every problem I have with the 30% is is exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yes, the percentage, the amount is really kind of irrelevant because it comes down to this. If the app store if you're using this for marketing meaning you don't even want to sell it on your own website. You just want to put it up in the Apple app store because you know, that's where the eyeballs are. We understand how that works. Then Apple, you're willing to pay a percentage. No problem with that.
0: If Apple charges 90% and people still want to be in the app store, that is a voluntary choice, right? But taking away people's ability to charge different amounts in different places is exactly where I think Apple is really, I mean, if, if the courts find evidence of of you know monopoly power of of antitrust, uh, that is where they're going to find it is in Apple's insistence that you cannot charge less money anywhere else. Well, not only
1: that, because that's talking about the in app purchases, and that's one small part of this. Apple is forcing you a hundred percent if you want to sell something that's going to run on an iPhone or iPad to do it in the Play Store. I don't think they allow you anybody. I've never seen this where uh, I can be, be a, an app store, but yes. Right. Well, you can't be an independent developer. I can't write a app for the iOS devices and put it on my website and be like, hey, I'm not in the Apple Store, but you can buy it for uh, me.
0: And th- that is that is the, the main reason why I think we're we're definitely harping on Apple a lot more here, despite the fact that Google does exactly the same thing is, for example, I have a phone based on Android and I don't I, I've uninstalled the Play Store from my phone entirely and i use fdroid which coincidentally i checked uh Fortnite is not available on the fdroid store but that doesn't surprise me Well, right, there's still money involved but but on on an iphone and this is one of the reasons i won't get an iphone if if you don't jailbreak it is not possible to install anything on the iphone google allows side loading which automatically makes them a lot less guilty in my mind
1: yes and that is where the questions start coming up it doesn't make Apple a monopoly. I mean, they control the devices that they sell, but that doesn't make them a monopoly. I mean, they they're monopolizing their customers. But do you think that hardware manufacturers should be able to control what goes on their products or not? Or
0: I I think that the decision of whether or not Apple is a monopoly is is going to be an important one for the courts, because it depends entirely on whose lawyers you believe when they try to define what the market is. I mean, there there is a there is an argument to be made for the lock-in effect of if you have an iPhone and you've bought 150 apps for this thing and you decide to go over to switch to Android, then you suddenly have zero apps. And the reason is that you are locked in to Apple's ecosystem for every one of the purchases that you've made. That is is a form of lock in and is definitely going to be argued by Epic's lawyers that it's going to be argued that that is evidence that they are a monopoly because they're locking people in.
1: Yeah, that doesn't really pass the sniff test for me. I can understand why they're arguing it, but, uh, you know, saying I can't transfer it from, you know, the that to Android or whatever, vice versa. That's always been that way. It's the same thing with any software
0: always been that way is does not mean that it's okay or it's good yeah but
1: i don't see it being overturned yeah, for that okay. but the, the, actually
0: you know what i'm i'm gonna try to trap you with a hypothetical situation here well, wait. answer my should,
1: question first though do you think okay. hardware manufacturers should be able to control what goes on their product or once you make the hardware whatever you know you should have no reasonable the ability to try to keep people from hacking it and doing things that might change the product
0: i believe in the right of first sale um, if, if you sell hardware to somebody, uh, then that's, that's their hardware now.
1: So you don't think they should have any control or you just, I mean, is I making it hard. Do, okay. You know, I mean, that's, this is where well, to me, there, this is where the argument starts coming down. Okay. Because. So
0: we, in the case of, of Apple and Google, and, and we definitely ran into this with at Microsoft, um, if you are just selling the hardware, which nobody does anymore, then first sale doctrine applies and you have every right to do whatever you want with that you can and and this is this is the crux of all of the right to repair issues as well is if you are only selling the hardware then you have every right to do anything you want with that hardware including up to putting new software on it However, things get a lot trickier when you are t- attaching software to the hardware and selling them as a unit, which is what right. Apple is doing, it's what uh Google's doing, it's what Microsoft does when they sell hardware. Uh it's what John Deere is doing, which is, you know, they are a poster child for the evil corporation on the right to repair front. Uh and if you if you have the software with it, there is an argument to be made for what software should be allowed to interoperate with your software which is distinct from what software should be allowed to operate on the platform uh and i am firmly of the opinion that if i paid for a piece of hardware i should be able to do whatever i want with that hardware uh, up to and including switching out the software on it
1: even if it was sold it, with you knowing those limitations were there
0: well that's that's not uh that that's not something that is accounted for in, in first sale doctrine.
1: But this is what, this is where the the arguments are going. You know, that
0: you're, yeah, you're, uh, it is. And it's, it it is in fact, the, uh, that is the crux of uh, purchasing a license with, with a piece of product and uh, licenses with copyrighted works are generally a lot more defensible than licenses with hardware, which is for example, why all of the licenses and restrictions tend to be attached to the software OS that goes with it. Uh the other thing that comes along with the software OS that goes with it is uh the anti circumvention protections of the DMCA which is the main thing that th- that that's the cudgel with which the the silicon valley corporations will use to prevent you from modifying things that you bought it, it's the reason why uh for example you it, it's technically not legal to jailbreak your iPhone to be able to put anything on it right uh and in fact uh you know when Apple Apple loves to make the the free market argument of well if people don't like it they can just go to another uh, another app store which they can't on iOS and Apple in fact uses regulators as a cudgel to criminalize jailbreaks uh to uh, add copyright to every phone sold uh use the DMCA to eliminate first sale I think those are all unconscionable Well I don't um, yeah I
1: don't think it should be using illegal Using the government as a cudgel yeah I don't think it should be illegal to jailbreak your iPhone but if by doing so it causes okay. your phone to then crash because Apple pushes some new software and that causes this to happen. Then you really, you know, it's a it's a war between okay, the yeah, consumer. Yeah.
0: You're, you're arguing two different things here. One one is, should it be illegal to, well, I don't to jailbreak, illegal, to, no. to install separate software, et cetera? And the other is, should Apple be required to support my device that I jailbroke? And in right. that case, it's a firm no. Right. Uh, if if I jailbreak my device if i put a bunch of custom shit on it then no apple should not be required to give a crap about it apple should not even be required to give me updates anymore uh however apple should in my opinion and this is not necessarily a legal argument uh my opinion apple should not be able to restrict what i can do with the device that i bought and that includes jailbreaking, that includes putting another app store on, that includes buying my V-Bucks from another site instead of on the app. I, I I'm very firmly against the the owner of the, you know, the the vendor of the hardware deciding what I can and can't do. And and that is one of the reasons why I don't own Apple stuff, is because Apple is very, very strict about restricting what you can do after the first sale has occurred
1: oh and i agree with everything there i agree that you should be allowed to jailbreak shouldn't be illegal i agree that the company that then put out the device shouldn't have to support it the intriguing thing comes now if you're going to force somebody like apple to open up their ecosystem because this is really what this is all about epic wants to have their own play store and that would be you know uh, app store sure. whatever you want to call it
0: and that's uh, it, actually one of the things that epic was talking about it's not It hasn't been official, but it was it was thrown out, I think, as a threat. although with the Fortnite dollars that they have, they, you know, Epic is one of the first companies that can go to war like this with Apple because Fortnite made them so much money. Um, They're talking about creating their own Android and Apple store.
1: Yes. Now, I get it. I understand why they want to do that. But from let's just, I guess, stick with Apple's standpoint, just looking at that, you can understand where Apple, who is promising their iPhone user, you know, the best security they can give you. I mean, what, whether that's really good or not, that's anybody's argument there. But they're uh, promising their yeah. end user, you know, the safety and security of an Apple device. Now, if you allow a third party app store, <laughs>
0: what does that do? It's like me. I'll promise you the safety and security of Windows XP.
1: Yes. And how it's still running on some ATMs. Let that sink in.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, God, I was at the doctor's the other day and they had a Windows XP machine. You're like, for the love kind of God, of, don't some plug kind that of in. medical
1: equipment. Yeah, <laughs> don't plug that baby into the Internet ever, never. But this is where it gets again. This is where it gets a little bit murkier because from just an overall what I would like to see standpoint, I'd be like, well, yeah, let let Epic let anybody let Sir Sir Bembrow's Wants to put out his own damn app store for people to download on the I Apple I don't even devices. want to write
0: apps. Why would I want to write an app store?
1: To make money. You're a capitalist pig. You make a good point. But I understand why that would be a good thing. But then I also understand if that is forced, let's just say, by the courts to be allowed, then Apple is going to have no doubt. Everybody sign off on the fact that, well, the minute you install the Epic Play Store, App Store, whatever they're going to call it. We can no longer guarantee the security or safety of your device, and I think they would be in their right to do that as well.
0: Yeah, they would. They totally would. I it and and there's you know there's other courts than than the U.S. uh, you know court system. There's other courts than the legal system, and one of them is the court of public opinion, and that is always. Instead of fighting it with lawyers, you fight it with PR agencies. So the question is, could they spin that as a good thing or a bad thing that you are able now to do what you want with your device but you don't have our protection and whether people think that's good or bad is going to determine whether or not that that technique works
1: yes and i could also see some corporate espionage coming out where the first time one of the apps out of a competing app store you know bricks a bunch of devices and causes you know malware to propagate oh, that- <laughs> uh-huh.
0: if i if i were if i were apple I would just spin off some kind of a false flag development company to create an app that does exactly that and then submit it to my competitor's store.
1: Yes, and see if they accept it and then you have that story ready too to go the minute people are installing it. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing because I think you and I come down on the same side which is I'd like to see everybody able to play on these playing fields, but I do understand why Apple or anybody wants to keep a certain amount of control with their device to be able to promise safety and security and the experience whatever that
0: means but you know, the promising safety and security and the experience is apple's pr line the reason that they want to control it is because 30% because 15 billion dollars a year from other developers work apple's not even writing most of these apps there's there's 1.7 million apps in the app store and apple wrote maybe Sixty of them They other developers are doing all of the work and, in fact, are doing all the work of even validating this by jumping through your hoops. And then Apple is making 15 billion dollars a year by just saying, yep, here's the store. Yeah, go ahead. And I well, here's I, what I see. I, if yeah, this goes I, to- I, I totally understand Apple's motivation here.
1: Well, I also know what's going to happen if this goes to the court of public opinion on this and it may already be going there, which would be Apple saying, well, you know what? We could. uh,
0: That's what you and I are doing right now.
1: Yeah, we could open this up. Apple will say we can open up these other play stores. That'll be fine. But, you know, rather than the thousand dollar price tag on the phone, you know, it's going to be three thousand because we're not going to
0: do that either. Yeah. I don't see an upside for Apple in this entire thing. They are in the coziest spot they can get. They are minting 15 billion a year. I, I can't say that number enough for effectively doing nothing. They are maintaining a storefront and occasionally they're they're putting out updates for their operating system, what they were going to do anyway. They They have the phone platform, which is practically orthogonal, but the app store is what makes the phone platform good. So they already need that. And they are just making this much free money. Anything that Apple does in this scenario, allowing less than 30 percent, allowing another store, allowing any kind of side loading, every single scenario results in that 15 billion getting smaller. And I don't think they can.
1: I don't. It's going to be interesting to watch this thing play out because there are so many moving pieces. And when it comes down to the fact that Apple right now is without a doubt. The most locked down operating system, iOS, is the most locked down operating system. I think that anybody's running, maybe short of the uh, the Chromium, you know, running on the laptops, and that can all be, you know, overwritten with your own Linux no, that, if you know what you're doing.
0: Well, in most of that operating system is JavaScript. I can fucking write that with the F12.
1: You love some JavaScript, but you know, this is what the if, battle. If I is wrote for. it, yeah, <laughs> the battle is for opening up the Apple ios and whether their customers do they really want it and that's going to be an interesting thing too are mainly the people that are into iphones is it a, is it a big gaming community or is that more on the android there's has to be something that separates the users of these devices apart and i'm not really sure what that is or if it would just make the choice easier for cell phones because that's again either way the monopoly concept can be argued with Well, yeah, we, we, we not, we don't let gamers really, we charge them a lot. So gamers don't really come to put their software on Apple, uh, but you can buy an Android phone. That's cool. You can do that. So we're not a monopoly because there's choice and that's true. Yeah.
0: I also, I have to call bullshit on the line of, we're not a monopoly because you can buy an Android because it is not seamless. And there is in fact a ridiculous amount of friction in changing platforms. People are not free to switch back and forth between platforms for the simple fact that you lose every bit of investment you've made in apps when you switch platforms. That is a huge impediment. And in fact, I think constitutes a monopoly. However, well, it's the same thing. If you move from a Ford that, to a Chevy or God forbid, uh, to a Tesla, are, are you what? I, <laughs> I mean, I come can, on. I, I I can pull my stereo out of a Ford, and put it in a Chevy. In a lot of cases, I, I can, you know, I can. Take I don't know my, about
1: that with the computer chips anymore. I can, I, think I can move all, my uh,
0: custom floor mats. There, I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced. <laughs> also, those are well. The, anyway, so I don't know. I don't know where the courts are going to come down on this. Uh, in, well, here's in the, the question. The 90s? Though,
1: before you move on from this, if if Apple's yes. a monopoly, then isn't also Android a monopoly? Yes. So are they co-monopolies because they're in the same exact business? So if there's two major competitors, how can they both be a
0: monopoly? Because they're not competing, but they are. That, that would be the argument. i I'm, okay. I'm. Are, are you asking me objectively, or are you asking me to make the argument? Because I'm. I'm not <laughs> sure. And like, I, well, this is why I kept saying over and over again. This is why you have to. It. It depends entirely on who gets to define the playing field. Who gets to define what a monopoly is? If you are defining the, you know, all computer OSs, then in fact, Apple and Android are small pieces and microsoft is probably the big player and they're the ones who should be slapped if however you define as uh it, who are the people in charge of ios devices then hell yes apple's a monopoly who are the people in charge of android devices hell yes google's a monopoly so in in the case in the question of law it is going to be about what the court which lawyer the court decides to believe because you can be sure that lawyers on opposite sides are going to be bringing different definitions of what a monopoly means.
1: Well, and by that definition, though, I mean you could have the smallest company in the world. You could, we could create grumpy old Bens, and we can make two devices that are tablets or phones, and then technically we're a monopoly because we control those two devices. So, I mean, sure. I don't. I I mean, grab, the,
0: the legal definition of monopoly is a little bit stricter, and now I wish I'd pulled it. Uh, it it has to do with. Uh, whether or not a product can be effectively, can it be seamlessly substituted in and and Apple will absolutely say that, yes, if you want to be able to use phone and text and connect to email and websites, you can seamlessly swap back and forth between Apple and Android. And that's true. Uh, and, and what the other side is going to argue is yes, but if you want to use the, uh, the apps that you paid for, if you want to use all of your, stupid little crappy ass games on the phone, which, you know, Epic will definitely bring games up their game company. Um, if you want to use all of the apps that you wrote, then no, you cannot just swap in because you have to make a sometimes very weighty investment to change. It's the same reason, for example, why I still have steam installed on my hard drive, even though I don't buy anything from them and don't ever want to log in and I don't use any of their social features and I don't even update the things that I have because I think the last time I bought a game was six years ago, but I still have games that I want to play and I have to have the steam client installed because of their DRM and I can't switch away from steam without losing hundreds of dollars of video games that I have purchased I have spent money on them. I arguably I bought a license, but in common law, I bought copies of the video game, yet I can't use it if I ever try to move away from Steam.
1: Right. But I could also then make that argument if you're going to call that a monopoly, then between the Xbox and the PlayStation monopoly back in the day, we can go back to VHS and beta.
0: Well, they're
1: both monopolies. You can. It's
0: uh, you you can. And and Epic is going to make that argument. And Apple is going to argue the other way. I mean, I get Epic.
1: Yeah. I'm all for making the argument that if somebody buys the game, in this case, Fortnite, then if they have both an Apple device and Android device, which I own both, you should be able to play the game on both without having to pay again.
0: I'm all for that. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the hypothetical situation that I wanted to trap you in, and I probably shouldn't signpost that I'm doing that. (laughs) It's a trap. uh, Admiral Akbar. where uh, are you
1: when I need you?
0: Have you ever purchased a movie, say on DVD or VHS, and then decided that you wanted it later on a newer format and said, I shouldn't have to pay for this again.
1: Um, well, I never would even if whether I, whether I oh, bought it. Oh, that's
0: right. You don't pay for any media anyway.
1: <laughs> whether I bought it in the first place or not, uh, I wouldn't want to pay for it again. And I've paid for plenty of media. I've got about 2,500, 3,000 actually purchased CDs. So I was glad when the digital revolution came, actually, because I'm a little OCD with the music and stuff. So now that there are no physical discs and it's all download, I don't really have that problem. It's just, oh, download, download, download,
0: download. <laughs> but but uh, you, you understand what I mean, though, with music and movies, there is the argument of I already bought this album. I paid money to the owners of the album, and now you're demanding that I pay it again simply because I want to listen on another device. No, no. But I and, learned,
1: though, the Sir Bembros copyright thing, They they remastered it slightly. So now it's a new product.
0: Well, the, the, yes, that is, in fact, one of the tricks that they use. But the other is that, uh, you know, current copyright law and and especially current uh, DMCA uh, anti-circumvention law means that all you have to do is is put a little bit of encryption on some part of it. And now it's illegal to, to even make a tool that does it. But the the, the question isn't about whether it's legal. Well, I mean, that is, that is in fact the question that it's going to be up for the courts to decide and lawyers on different sides are definitely going to argue it. But but is it, is it morally justifiable to charge twice just because somebody wants to listen on a different device?
1: No. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't. Well, it's not moral. It would lose it's, you because, customers. Because that is
0: what happens when you try to move from Apple to Android. And I've done if you it. want to use the same app, you are required to pay again for the same product.
1: I mean, here's the thing. I've owned iPhones and I've owned Android phones and I... Well, I was going to say, I don't believe I've ever paid for an app, but that's not true. <laughs> um, and the Android, I did buy a phone app and a couple podcast apps that I got for free because I signed up for one of the Google things where they, they ask you to fill out little surveys. So I just go in, you lie to them, they give you money, and it works in the Play Store. But there are a few things that I would buy. Overall, on both platforms, though, it's hard to find things that I would actually pay money on for applications. So maybe I'm well, the wrong.
0: Things that you would, but imagine imagine well okay how about this imagine that you have kids and they're absolutely addicted to uh, you know angry birds or candy crush or whatever the current one is because there's always a fad game yes there is uh, and i you know it <laughs> a lot of the pressure comes from uh i i have kids and my kid will not shut up if i don't have this you know and and my kid has played uh, I, I call it candy crush on the ipad every day of her life because i'm a terrible parent and then you decide that you want to switch platforms. Then e- e- are are you going to just say, well, I'm sorry, I don't I don't need to buy Candy Crush again. So uh, you don't get it on the Android. Sorry.
1: Right. I mean, if it's controlled by the publisher, that could probably easily uh, be done to make the transition. Of course, all publishers don't make the software for both devices. And the one thing I will say for both Android and the apple devices right now being able to tie in family members which so if really with like the podcast apps and stuff you can buy it once and put it on everybody in the family's devices without having to pay for every device so i mean uh, there's going to be platform
0: on both apple and android okay you know the, I, I mean that if if the gatekeepers are feeling magnanimous sure well that exists now but that, that was one of the big complaints when the Epic store came out was that steam allowed you to quote unquote loan games and <laughs> Epic didn't loan games. Uh, but, but the system for loaning games in steam is, is not the natural system of, Oh, we'll just make a copy of it, over, of it over here. They actually, you, you click something that says, I want to loan to this other steam user and it uninstalls it and deletes it from your hard drive and then puts a block in so that even if you saved a copy, it will prevent the game from launching on your hard drive for as long as the loan is in place. And now the other person has the ability to install it, which is, that is some Rube Goldberg shit for trying to prevent people from doing what computer bits naturally do, which is get copied.
1: Now, I have a serious question too. For things like Fortnite, that everything is being done on the server level. So meaning the game, whether you're booting it up, on your apple device or android device it's going into the cloud to know what you should have in the game how does either one of those people know that there were in-app purchases made somewhere else do you know or is this Um, just magically
0: done how does who know
1: so you know in Fortnite, let's just say somebody went and bought this the v bucks from directly from epic now apple doesn't really know that they just saw that was happening i'm assuming and well, decided to shut what, what down. Apple
0: has is is web browsers, which allow them to uh, both visit the Epic site to see what's going on and also visit the verge where that story is posted 10 seconds after Epic releases their press release that says, guess what we're doing to Apple.
1: But I'm curious. So now if somebody has this game, if they have Fortnite and they have both Apple devices and Android devices, do those two things sync up or are they two totally sure. different things?
0: Uh, so Fortnite is a, uh, uh, okay, technically there are two Fortnite games, but the one that took off the one that became huge and the one that almost everybody talks about, including me right now is called Fortnite battle Royale, which is a multiplayer game. It is a game where the local client is responsible for rendering the world around you, but not the physics and activity that happen in the world for that. There's a cloud server that cloud server is owned by Epic. And that is where your player profile and all of the important data like that are stored. So if you, if you log in, you know, so the, the way that these games work is you will log in and you will start the game and the game will say, okay, here is a data blob that says your character is here and there's a tree in front of you and a truck over on the right and a bullet piercing your left left temple. And then the client will take that data and render a tree in front of you and render your your body holding the gun model in front of you and then turn the screen dark red because you got shot.
1: Well, now I get that. But now, so how does this work with in-app purchases? And you may not know, and I don't know how this works across the different platform. So let's say I've got, again, the same thing runs on my Apple iPad or it runs on my Android phone. Yeah, And if I go into my Android phone and buy some V-Bucks, apple obviously doesn't get any money but then if i go if i don't spend those v bucks and i go back to the apple device they're in the account because i've purchased those so and if everybody has to sell everything for the same price i get that but if then so if there's a third party
0: it is is the question how does apple know that they're doing it or how yeah, does kind of is how is this how even
1: policed as far as uh,
0: in in-app purchases work the same as the website purchases which is that it, well, the, the Apple API, actually the, the way that Apple knows is the Apple API, uh, the API contains, and this is, this is the real benefit to using the API and using in app purchases is the API contains, uh, an encrypted token, which represents your account in the iOS system. And you will send that token, your, your app will send that token to the server And it sends it will well actually it will query an Apple server somewhere says, get me a a token that is a a cookie that represents. I wanted to spend seven dollars and ninety nine cents at this store. Uh, Apple will go. It will verify that you can spend that. It will send you back a token. You your app will then send that token up to the Epic store who now has a bit of encrypted data. That says we have a transaction from Darren O'Neill for $7.99. Epic then on the back end can redeem that chunk of data for actual money from Apple. Um, that the, all makes the sense. Fact, the fact that that goes to the Apple server is how Apple knows that there was an in app purchase. But
1: I could also make that same purchase on Android and it'll all still be in the same ecosystem, which also means I could still go directly well, to the website for Epic and as long as I guess because what
0: what what all of the apps are doing and what the website is doing is they are also sending a signal to Epic servers saying Darren O'Neill right. bought 100 V bucks for this amount of money at this time from this device. Right.
1: But so then how does Apple even know You know, if, if, if they push people to a different website to buy this? Apple has no control over that. They won't even know. No,
0: a- Apple has no. No, Apple will not know that Darren O'Neill bought V-Bucks at the Epic store. What Apple does know though, is that Darren O'Neill can buy V-Bucks at the Epic store. And that is what Apple chose to, you know, they, they interpreted and I think rightly so as a violation of their policy that you cannot offer, you know, they're, they're not saying you can't sell V-Bucks at another store. They're saying you can't offer V-Bucks or, or anything else. Um, but if it's policy, on both
1: of the platforms, there you could buy it in either one, and it'll show up in the other other platforms. So it's all uh, it's all a little bit muddled. I'm just trying to figure that out well, how that all works. And
0: it, it, like, like I said, Apple doesn't act, doesn't know and doesn't care whether or not you actually buy something at the other thing. What they but they do have the ability to tell that you're offering it. So that, I mean that that's the the policy violation. The policy oh, yeah, violation isn't knows. that anybody did it.
1: Well, yeah, but Apple knows it's on. Android and Android knows it's on Apple, and you could buy the this magical V Bucks in either one. So you already have but a uh, Apple a doesn't care
0: if you sell it everywhere. Apple only cares if you sell it at a different price anywhere else.
1: Got it. So if really if these companies were smart, they would just force people to go to their own website to do it, and then and, cut out the whole thirty percent thing. So they could say, yeah, "Now, I guess that is
0: that is what the companies want. That's what every company wants. Is they say." You know, we will sell it for the same price on the app store and on our website. And they want people to go to the website because they get 30 percent more.
1: And they're being forced to then sell it in the app if they sell it on the website, I would guess, because otherwise. Yeah. But,
0: then uh, But the thing Apple brings to the table is the Apple makes it incredibly seamless for somebody to just you know click, 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 go. OK, I just right. paid money.
1: Right. You're in the game. It's all already set up. Everything you do on the Apple or, or Android device is already tied to a credit card. Yeah in the play store. And,
0: and I keep uh, saying website because it, the, the comparison to Android is a lot less interesting simply because Android by a, you could call it convention. You could call it a cartel also happens to charge exactly the same markup.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh money. Follow the money, I guess. I mean, nobody yeah. is innocent when it comes to, uh, you know, coming out totally clean in a, in a situation like this, the, uh, you know, I get why Apple does the stuff they do. I mean, that doesn't make it right, but I understand the, you know, the, the the concept that they can tell you whether it's true or not, that it's for your security and to keep their system running the way it should without malware or whatever it is. So they can guarantee the stuff going in there. But I mean, I get charging 30% on new games or whatever software you're putting out there, because then, you know, if you're selling it in the Apple ecosystem, if hey, I got a new app, I need to make seven bucks on it. So I need to put it up for 10 bucks in the Apple store. I don't get the in-app purchases. That is just absolute greed. But I also then understand this is where the freemium model came from, which is, ha ha, we won't pay Apple a penny to get this app in their app store. People will download this for free and then we'll offer in-app purchases. So both companies are everybody all the way around a bunch of dicks. Is that pretty much the uh, takeaway?
0: As with every Silicon Valley story that we do. Yes, that <laughs> it, is, in fact, the takeaway.
1: It is kind of uh, <laughs> what it comes down to, because it's it's weird. I mean, I think we could both argue both sides for why it's being done and make a legitimate argument. You may not like uh, the I, argument, but you can make. No,
0: it. I, I don't. I, I I make I make devil's advocate arguments all the time. And, and I mean, I'm, you know, but, but this is kind of
1: it. like where this, you know, the subscription model. Comes into play, and you see that with, like you said, Netflix, which is well, no, our app is totally free if you want to download it, but you know you have to pay us a subscription elsewhere. Which most people, at least, I don't know. I guess things may be changing now. But I always, when it came to Netflix stuff like that, I would sign up on a laptop or a desktop, and then I might go download the app and take the stuff remotely. Now, I guess some people don't even have desktops or laptops, so the subscription model is an interesting one to look at because i don't know there's not enough room for everybody to get their 30 percent if you're buying something i mean we'll just look at netflix or hulu you know games aren't much different i suppose you're just sending bits and bytes back and forth but you know when you look at like the video content hulu i access that on my roku i access that on my desktop sometimes just in a web browser I access it via my Apple iPad. I access it via an Android phone. Well, who's getting the 30%? Is, is it just magical on who you decide? It, to? It, it,
0: everybody who is powerful enough, a gatekeeper to be able to demand it is getting their money. Well, the
1: system sucks.
0: <laughs> that, that is the theme of 2020. I think.
1: Yes. And this is going to put the Apple cash cow at risk. There's no question about it.
0: Yeah. It- I- I don't see a good outcome for Apple other than, you know, maybe they just pay off Epic to make them go away. But I'm not even sure that would work unless they hire the Hillary assassination group to take out Tim Sweeney or something.
1: Yeah, I think they're beyond that already. I mean, I think if they were going to settle, that would have been done quickly and quietly. Apple is seemingly digging their heels in. And Epic is a developer who has screw you money, who's going to finally Push this one yeah. to the point to get an answer on it.
0: Because lots of people, I mean, Apple is, as as I, I called out earlier in the show, uh, Apple has lots and lots of people pissed off about that 30%. They are, for, for better or worse, and whether or not they have the right to do it, they are the gatekeepers who are sucking uh, uh, an arguably large Amount, well, arguably, you know, d- depending on who you are, it's either reasonable or or way too big. Right? But they are sucking a part of the app economy right out of the top for doing what is probably not, arguably, a, a minimal amount. You know, Tim Cook can get up on stage and say, "Yes, we deserve thirty percent of the entire app market just because we have a store." Um, but i don't think that they are doing 15 billion dollars worth of work i think that they are soaking it up like a milkshake right off the top oh yeah i think
1: uh, i think forcing the 30 percent thing that, out there is definitely hurting the smaller developers uh, and it's making the amount of software available for these devices in it, making it a smaller market
0: and and epic is is just the most recent and and epic definitely is making news because Uh, they, their complaint has a lot of fuck you money behind it and comes in a time when support for Apple is well, Steve jobs is pretty much long gone. And the fanatical obsession and devotion to Apple that, that they enjoyed when he was around has all but disappeared at this point. A lot of people are looking at this like, yeah, it's just my platform. Uh, I get that but a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people still like Apple and that's, that's fine. You can, you can like them. They make quality products um, and you don't have to care about their business pra- practices either because you have your head in the sand or because you you accept it, but they are making a lot of enemies in the business field and they don't enjoy the fanatical user devotion that they used to. So they are weaker than they have been at any point in the last two decades. And yeah. Epic has a war chest of, enough money to see this all the way through as far as they want to go, if they want to. And I think Sweeney is also the person with the attitude that he, he will do it.
1: Apple was first to market. No question about it. Apple was the original one with the, the various, there, there is a device. question about
0: that, which, which market, because well, they the, weren't, the, they never not,
1: are not the cell phone market, but to the smartphone with the screen and the, you know, I'm,
0: I'm not even sure they were. I think they um, were. I, I, I had a pocket PC back in the day.
1: Hey, what you do in your spare time is all up to you. I don't think that was as Just well, a, the, the,
0: the, the, well. The well executed market. I no, No, that's exactly the thing. Apple is never first to market. Apple always goes and looks at the market and is like, well, that's an interesting new technology. And these competitors are totally screwing it up. And I bet we can do better. And then Apple does better. That is how Apple became what they are today. That is how Apple became for a while. The biggest company in existence was the. You know, everybody will give You know, people back in the 90s, always gave Microsoft shit, embrace and extend, embrace it. Well, that that is what Apple will do is they see something they like, they copy it and they do it right. And that is how they own the market. And it's powerful and it's genius, but it's not first. Well,
1: they get that. Yeah, you're right. They get it through the brand loyalty then, which I do believe is waning a little bit there's uh it's interesting to see i mean they're the first ones in a lot of this health monitoring stuff and you can again make the argument for putting that kind of data into these devices but right now the ability to track your health via the apple devices is surpassing android and some people are buying it for that you know it all depends on what's being pushed at any given time i don't know again i'd like to know if you're if you're a if you're somebody that plays a lot of these games, do you even buy an iPhone over an Android or an Android over an iPhone? You know, let uh, me know. I,
0: I'm I'm the wrong person to ask for that because I can't stand the idea of playing any video game on a screen that fucking small.
1: Oh, I agree. I can't see it, but I'm just asking our experts yeah. out there. If they, hey, if you okay. have input yeah. on this, reach and out. I want to I us. Wanna
0: point out uh the the other thing that's working against apple you know epic is is not by and not by any means the first lawsuit but they are definitely the most credible right now but remember there's the the Spotify and Telegram complaints in the EU and if there's one thing that EU regulators seem to relish it is putting the smackdown on uppity american companies who think that that they can bring their awful capitalism into the the paradise that is Europe <laughs> so well, um I, you know, I don't know where these complaints are going to go, but I think Apple is uh, they 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 can't just focus only on Epic. There uh, is there there's a lot of sentiment around the world. And I think that, you know, the EU regulators uh, can cause them a lot of trouble, too.
1: Yeah. And with that said, before we get to our experts for today, I did have a callback to the Google News versus Australia thing. <laughs> there's there's oh. been there's been some movement on this, which I thought was Hazard. interesting. Oh. I look forward to this. Google in their passive aggressive way, much like Apple (laughs) has now put a statement that will pop up when people go to Google in Australia. It's a pop up that warns, quote, the way Aussies use Google is at risk. Your search experience will be hurt by new regulations.
0: Oh, yeah. We know we've got this platform that everybody relies on. Let's go ahead and use it to push propaganda.
1: It's it's interesting. I I mean, uh, actually,
0: I. I mean, it is propaganda, to be sure. I tend to agree with it because, yes, if, if Australia decides to push forward with that regulation, then, yes, the way Aussies use Google is at risk.
1: And now here's the but, here's the funny part, because as you mentioned, when we covered this story, Google's arguments include a claim that the law would give an unfair advantage to news publishers by giving them information they could use to boost their rankings compared to their competition. And mentions again it was only the places that were making more than hundred and fifty thousand, so I mean much like epic's uh claims the standing up for the little guy that's what Google's doing here, but uh this is what I thought was great Australia's yeah. consumer watchdog group pushed back they pushed back on the evil eagle evil easy for me to say Google saying the letter <laughs> quote
0: contains
1: what, misinformation what,
0: what, what consumer watchdog group is this i that that, like, that sounds like a descriptor. Is that actually the name of an organization? Or? I
1: think so. it was like the ACCCC or something like that. So okay, some, okay. You know, it has a name. Yeah. They uh, again, yeah. it contains misinformation. Where have we heard that before? And quote, yeah. they add a healthy news media sector is no, essential yeah. to a well-functioning democracy.
0: Uh, yes, it is. So why don't you go get one <laughs> instead of trying to prop up your failing fucking business models with government regulation? That doesn't give you a healthy news segment. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe going out and providing a quality product that people actually want. That would be creating a healthy news segment. I just wanted to know propping your business model up with regulation.
1: Yeah. Where's the well-functioning democracy, Australia? It's not there. It's not here. It's not not in
0: Australia. I'll tell you that much. No. Go to Victoria and ask them about their (laughs) well-functioning totalitarian tin pot fascist state. Dare we bring up New Zealand? It's, you know, it's probably not, we have not mentioned COVID this entire show and I don't want to start. I, I would love to have a COVID free show. I
1: think it was a good one. I think it was an interesting topic we had today and it was tech. So if a CSB listening, he'll be happy that we covered tech and we looked at this. I mean, it was more of a, uh, it was more of an evergreen that snuck up in the actual news cycle I don't, because I, how did we let that happen? I don't know, but this is going to, we, is uh, and without trying to make the you know without trying to play the average uh, newscaster trying to make things seem way bigger than they are, this is a case I believe that is going to have massive repercussions on well, this the whole worth industry. Watching. Yeah,
0: it's going to be worth watching, and it you know you know if if you are following the gamer news, then first of all, what the fuck is wrong with you? But um, it, it it's doing it's not going to go away and. I don't know how often there's going to be updates, but uh, I, I, the 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 real notable thing about this is, and the wild card in this is Tim Sweeney. I don't think he wants a settlement. Well, the
1: real question I, I, is how many how many uh, iPhone and iPad users who are Fortnite players are now pissed and will actually take up arms, you know, virtually, people don't go into the streets we're not uh, we're not advocating violence but we'll, chicago right well that will take up uh, arms against apple over this this i think is what epic is counting on that the fan base having this game pulled out from under them is going to cause a hubbub and i don't know if it will well, or not
0: to, to to be clear uh the way that pulling things from the app store works and it, it, just a technical note uh it doesn't remove it from your device. This they're, they're not Amazon. They're not, they're not going <laughs> into your Kindle and yanking the 1984 book from you. Uh-huh. Um, the, so if you have it installed, then taking it out of the app store means you are not going to get any more updates. Uh, so if, if Epic releases an update, uh, which, you know, nowadays, especially with games, a lot of them, a lot of updates. I, I, I ran into this with, with borderlands, um, which is actually a game that I do play, but, um, a lot of games where the there's an online component, they will release an update for the game for one week. And that update is, Hey, we're having an in-game festival or something where, uh, you know, now you're you know, for, uh, last October for borderlands, the, the, there were guns that they introduced that shoot pumpkins. Um, and they had a, <laughs> a new boss that, that was like a, a jack-o'-lantern headed dude or something. Um, They will, a lot of people will release updates for special events and then release another update at the end, which removes the special event. So it's a timed thing and you won't get that. You you won't get that. You won't, if, if there are security updates, you won't get those. If there are new, but, but what you will get is you can still play the game as it is. You can still uh, go spend your V bucks on uh, a new face for your character or a new uh, you know a balloon skin for your gun or whatever but that is that is at least going to soften the blow for the people cuz this this entire story everything we've talked about today is one giant silicon valley corporation versus another and they're all having dick measuring contests at the corporate level and the people who inevitably get screwed whenever two giant corporations start dick measuring are the customers of both corporations and at least you're not getting Fortnite taken away from you, but be aware that this situation could change. And at some point, Epic might release a patch that makes it so that your old version won't work anymore. And then you're screwed.
1: Well, I no, Forget that. If, if Epic was legendary, since this whole thing was planned out the minute it was pulled, I would have been like, hey, we have a new temporary update that'll improve your game immensely available for only a week. It's unfortunate that Apple pulled yes. Uh,
0: well, re- remember though that that they are not only battling the legal battle, they are also simultaneously battling the public relations battle, and you never want to do anything that will turn the majority of users against you. You always every step you take, <laughs> you want to turn the majority of users against this is actually how corporations do battle. They they release uh, you know the the press release is just as important as the legal filing or more. And you want to make sure that every move you take makes it look like the other guy is the one who screwed you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, it's hard to do when everybody's screwing everybody, man. It's an orgy of uh, bad stuff going on out there.
0: It is. in Yeah. It, Silicon Valley is, in fact, an orgy. And we do have two some experts kind. to
1: thank for today's edition of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast, episode number 87. The first and foremost on a subscription. There's always one of these guys in every crowd. It is Cold Acid, the the co-host of the... What's his podcast name? Uh, Rare Encounter. Rare Encounter, yes. Which Cold Acid does with Abel Kirby. And and that was on anime and uh, Japanese teen romance fiction or something.
0: I'm I'm not really sure about the time that they started talking about their seventh anime series. I kind of zoned (laughs) out. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like... it's not that bad they, they they do a lot of interesting stuff but man there's i mean I, I can't think of a topic that i care less about than than what is happening in one anime series or another it's like japanese harry potter you need to keep up i do yeah and then they're gonna when, do when did that rule start god damn it i heard they were gonna start playing board
1: games too which will be interesting on an audio podcast i would just hear the sound of dice rolling i don't know they'll
0: don't, figure it out I, though yeah so, i no, they their 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 show. They're only five episodes in right now, but uh, their their show is getting better and better. And as soon as Abel Kirby finds himself a real co-host, I think that the show can really take up. <laughs> I oh, did I say that out loud? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll edit. We that love out you, of Cold the, Acid. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> we'll edit that out of the uh, the final
1: show. And we also have again, I think the most consistent expert, Harry Hamster. Now I don't understand the note. It's in parentheses, and it says buddy in norwich now in egger for birthday now norwich is a town here in the chicago suburbs I,
0: but I, it, okay did is that like an autocorrect thing or did harry have a stroke while typing that i don't
1: know i there's i think he was trying to tell us something he says I, yes he's asking for consistent help? what by consistent i mean that you are always being mentioned here in the expert segment because you are such a supporter of the grumpy hamster
0: are you okay yes. Link once for yes and once for no buddy in norwich now
1: in egger for birthday are we are we, we tell somebody happy birthday is this uh in honor of somebody making another trip around the sun is this is this or did we just maybe have Is there like terrorists that are now being activated because of this this message that we're reading are we are we just being pawns here
0: Uh, We we might be. And if if it comes with a donation, I'm happy to be that pawn. I just want you to know (laughs) Note for all of our experts.
1: Sir Bemrose will bring along nuclear destruction for the low, low price of $3.99. I mean, seriously, there are people doing it for less right now. So happy birthday to Harry Hamster's buddy, who he doesn't mention except that he's an egger, and we hope he has a happy birthday.
0: Yes. Uh, as long as we're talking about birthdays, I know that she does not listen to my show, uh, and it's probably best that I, that it, however, uh, my mom, uh, old lady Bemrose will be 70 tomorrow. And I want to say happy birthday in advance.
1: She should listen to hear you. Rant. She should. I hear she can definitely keep <laughs> up with you from what I've heard. You've got the rant from her.
0: Uh, she She is one of the few people in this world who can really make me triggered to the point of being unable to form a coherent sentence
1: <laughs> i mean if it's like i'm sure i got this also from my mom my dad's a little quieter my mom is very much like me talking to you which is i can call her up and say hey how you doing and then i can put the phone down and go make breakfast and make some coffee and then come back
0: <laughs> she'll still be going so kind of like kind of like what i do with you on, yes. on the show
1: yeah it yeah. is it's very much similar to that so uh happy birthday mama Bemrose. Um, yes I would I would say uh, congratul I was gonna say congratulations my, on your two boys, but uh, I don't my,
0: know my my you know my dad died in in 2016, but my mom she's in a better place.
1: Yeah, Hawaii. Although uh, I don't Hawaii. know if that's is that better now though. I mean they've got well some- I,
0: I mean they are just as quarantined under an authoritarian dictatorship as the rest of the place, but it's really really sunny and warm there. Yeah,
1: that's true, and they have hula girls.
0: And they have the ocean. If you can find a beach that isn't closed
1: or if you can find a boat escape, although I don't know where you're going to. This is very much. uh, And I I like this
0: isn't a covid show.
1: No, it's not. But I I just you have to go back to the uh, the series, the last ship. And I remember watching that thinking, oh, that seems a little a little far out there. And now I think we're kind of there. So, hey, art, reality, they, they do intersect every now and then. But. We'd like to thank everybody, especially in the troll room that hangs out with us live when we do these shows Monday and Friday, 11 a.m. Central, noagendastream.com. Feel free to join us, troll along, fact check us, whatever you want to do. We appreciate everybody for showing up. We appreciate everybody for listening, supporting the show. If you want to do that, you can go to grumpyoldbens.com, click one of those donate buttons, subscribe and review all the good stuff to help spread the word about this little, uh, Little angry podcast we have going here. You have anything else until Friday when I believe Progo will be joining us, Brendan Kidwell? I've got nothing. I got nothing. I'm I'm all out of rant. That's never stopped you before, but you'll be back fully recharged, I'm sure, on Friday. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the violence may be hot, but the barbecue is hotter.
0: And from America's Left Coast, where the Grumpy Old Ben's App Store will be launching soon. Oh, that's awesome! I want an app. I'm Ryan Bimrose.